Not everyone will be happy that you have a dream. Your dream doesn't make you better than everybody else. It just makes you different than everybody else. And so your dream uh, that you have has been given to you from the foundations of the world. God told Jeremiah, he said, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And he said, I've preordained, I have a plan, an ordained plan for you. And for such a time as this, I need a weeping prophet in the, in the earth at this time. And as a result of God needing a prophet in the earth at this time, he re reached out and he brought that one who he knew was a prophet into the earth form, into human realm, so that he could fulfill his dream and his destiny that God had ordained for him. Amen. So what do you do when you love the one who is trying to kill your dream? Joseph's own family was the ones trying to kill his dream. It was his brothers that were trying to destroy him. So what do you do whenever you're in love with the one trying to kill your dream? No one can cause you to give up on your dream like those that you love. Those that you're closest to. Those whose words are so powerful and so loud in your life. Uh, words have power. Amen. Not only you sometimes whenever people are real close to you, they don't even have to say anything. They can just look away. It's the it's the expressions that are of suggestion, that suggestive look that makes you say they don't believe in my dream. They don't believe in my purpose. They don't believe in my destiny. But how are you? you uh, were made is greater than how you were raised. Let me say that again. How you were made, how you were created is greater than how you were raised. And so even though that people may look into your life and family and people that are close to you may know you in, in great detail, they don't know how you were made. They don't know what God placed on the inside of you. Amen. And no one can cause you to give up on that dream except that you believe their words over the word that God has placed over your life. Amen. Joseph had to give up everyone and everything for a period of time so that he might be able to fulfill his dream and his destiny. And so I want to talk to you tonight about how you can, what some things sometimes that you have to do to keep the dream alive. Uh, first of all, the first thing that you have to do to keep your dream alive is you must stay alert. You have to be aware of people around you. Have you ever started in a relationship with people and, and for some time you thought that this is going to be a good relationship only to wake up and find out that it was a toxic relationship. All right, none of you have. Well, let me just, I, I'm preaching to the choir then, but that it is true. People can fake you out. People can be one way to get in your house and and then all of a sudden you find out that you thought it was Heckle, but you woke up with Mr. Hyde. Huh? You thought you was gone with Rachel and it woke up with Leah. Come on, somebody. Amen. You started out this relationship and it looked like it was going to be good and beneficial for everyone involved. Only to find out that you now in the middle of this relationship are in a toxic situation. Amen. They, they are good as long as you just dream. But when you start fulfilling, when you start walking out your dream, they turn on you. They start saying negative things about you. 
And you see, that's where you have to understand sometimes in life you just have to uh, stay alert of what people are saying around you. If people are always being negative and if people are always putting down what you you speak and you declare that you desire to do, what's in your heart to do, and all they have is negativity and all they have is words, there ain't nobody in our family ever done that. You're just getting too big for your britches. You don't remember where you came from. Huh? And you know nobody in our, uh, our uh, families ever finished college. There isn't nobody ever got a good job. Right? And, and you've got to beware. Be alert of people that are all the time putting down your dream. Putting down your vision. Amen? But you see... You have to also be alert. There's a difference between being alert and being paranoid. Paranoid people are motivated by their fear and not by their dream. They are motivated by the spirit of fear that is on them. Paranoid people think that every conversation is about them. They see you standing talking to somebody else and they assume that you're talking about them. Well, let me tell you something today. And there ain't nobody that important. Amen? There ain't nobody that important. And you've got to understand that, that we, we become paranoid, but that everything that you say, people they take and they think that it's toward them. You can tell somebody, give someone a compliment and say, that's good, that's good spaghetti. And they think it's a negative comment. You just don't like my spaghetti, do you? They're paranoid. But there's a difference between being paranoid and being alert. Not everyone is against your dream. In fact, there are three different people groups that you will find. You will find those who are for you and for your dream. You will find those who are against you, and they are set out to kill your dream. But there are those who just don't care. Amen? They don't care. They're happy if you win, and they don't care if you lose. They're just in the middle, right? They aren't out to get you. They're not out to help you. They're just there. Right? And so... But you have to understand that everybody's not for you. Everybody's not against you. There's some people that just don't care. And the power of it is having the ability to discern which one is which. Being able to discern who is for me, who is not for me, and who doesn't care. And so when we are able to understand this, then we can come to an understanding that we don't have to take everybody's opinion into consideration. Only the people connected to my vision, connected to my dream, have a right to speak into my life. And just like everybody isn't for me and some are against me, I don't listen to everybody. Some people can talk. Everybody can talk. You know, everybody's got a right. But I have a right not to listen. Amen? And so I I choose, if you're not connected to my dream, if you're not connected to my destiny, then I'm not going to allow you to speak negative into my life. I can't stop you, but I'm just not going to take it in. Amen? On the other side of it is that if you're connected to my dream, connected to my destiny, how many know sometimes you can get godly correction and direction that still don't feel too good? But God will put them into your life so that he can bring direction or correction so that you can get back on course. So, Because sometimes we can get disconnected, we can get off of course, and we need somebody that can push us back into alignment so that we can fulfill our destiny. Because it doesn't take a whole lot in this journey called life. You see, if you, uh, you just go off of the road a half an inch. I had this discussion on the way to church. So I just If you just go off of the road a half an inch and you're only going 10 feet, it doesn't hurt much, right? But if you're going a mile 
and you're off a half an inch and you keep on veering to the right, we're going to have some problems. Amen. And this life is not short. It's not a day. It isn't, it isn't a, a snapshot. It's a motion picture. And so whenever we get off course, it doesn't take a lot for us to just get off a little bit till we find ourselves down the road completely in the ditch, stuck somewhere in life. Amen. And so we need somebody that'll keep us on course and chart the way and and encourage us, but also correct us if necessary, that we may continue on the road to fulfill our destiny. Amen. Matthew 24 and 24 tells us to watch out. Watch out for people who are always speaking doubt in your life. Watch out for negative words. Watch out for poisonous venom. Because most people that are in things in your, come into your life will come to, into your life in a form of a person. And they don't come physically. They come in the form of words. And that venom will be released, that poison will be released into your life to try to bring down or discourage you. So you have to be alert. Somebody say alert. Be alert. Don't be, don't be, you know, schizophrenic. Right? Don't be looking for something that's not. Just be alert. Remember when the Bible talks about there being a strange sound? Huh? Y'all need to read your Bible for real. Amen. The Bible talks about worship going on and says there's a strange sound that come up before the Lord. Amen. And there is a strength. You, you, and so just being spiritually alert, your spirit hears something that doesn't sound right. The alarm goes off and says, you know what? I need to make some adjustments in this situation. I need to make some adjustments in this relationship. I can't afford to allow this poisonous, toxic venom to continue to be put into my life because if I don't stop it, consequences are going to come. Amen. So stay alert. Number two, expect opposition. If you don't have any opposition, it's because you're not going nowhere. If you are going to go somewhere, there is going to be resistance. There's going to be opposition. There is going to be something that is going to try to hinder you. The most easiest position that there is to be in is that of standing. Because standing requires you to not be uh, to fight against the resistance or the weight that, that it takes to lift up your foot and put it to, uh, to the next step. Amen. And it is also the most vulnerable place that you can be. Because as long as you keep both feet on the ground, you are solid, you're firm, and it takes a whole lot to knock you down. But you see, you've got to take the chance to pick up your leg. And when you do, you become more vulnerable because you're easy to be pushed over. But you've got to take the risk of stepping forward if you're going to go anywhere. And when you do that, you can expect opposition. Because if you don't have any opposition, then that means that you're really not doing anything in your life. The greater the dream, the greater the opposition. But watch this. The bigger the resistance, the bigger the battle. The bigger the battle, the bigger the victory. Amen. And so if you're being locked on or blocked on every side, what just means is that there is a big victory for you that is on the way. Amen. Opposition has at its root the word oppose. It also is connected to the word opponent. So, opposition is to oppose your plan, your purpose, your desire. But it is also means that you have an opponent. Every great dream will have a great opponent. 1 Corinthians 16 and 9, Paul says that for a great and effectual door... That word effectual means a powerful door. Has been opened to me, 
and there is many adversaries. Right? He says, the great door is open in ministry here for me. He said, I'm I'm thinking about staying the winner. And he goes through all of this, but he says, this great and effectual door, this powerful door of ministry is open to me. But he said, "It, it comes with great opposition. There is great adversaries. He could have easily, just as easily said, instead of saying adversaries there, he could have said, there's many oppositions to this. I have a great opponent that is warring against me that I cannot fulfill the plan that God has for me. Amen. And so it's not easy to just go and and say, oh, yes, it's, it's lovely now. It's wonderful now. This great opportunity has come. But I want to tell you if it's for real. How many have heard the saying, if it sounds too good to be true? It is. Amen. If there is, looks like a great opportunity and there's no opposition, watch yourself, baby. Amen. Because with every opportunity, there will be opposition. But you see, the reality is this. This is what separates the champions from the chumps. It's what separates the people that just stay where they are and those who achieve greatness in life. It is those who are willing to face the opposition, to be able to lay hold of the opportunity. And if we are not willing to face the adversary, if David would have not faced his Goliath, come on somebody, amen, if David would have not faced his opponent, He would have never had the opportunity to say that our God is the greatest God. The God of Israel is victorious, right? But because he was willing to step out on that field and seen an opportunity that today Jehovah God can be known as the greatest God on earth. Amen. And but he had to face his opponent and take him out. There will never be a great opportunity without there being a great opponent. David had Saul. Jacob had Laban. Jesus had the Pharisees. And God had the devil. Don't stop dreaming because you don't want to face opposition. It will not give up, if you give up on your dream, you're still going to be defeated. Right? God gave it to me, and I'm not going to give up on it. If God gave it to me, then it's not up to me to give up on it. It's up to me to fulfill it. And so that means if there is resistance, if there is opposition, if there is things in the way between me and fulfilling that destiny, then it's my responsibility to face that opponent and it's God's responsibility to give me greater victory over that opponent because he is the one that has opened this door of opportunity for my life. Amen. What else do you do? You guard and protect your dreams. Guard and protect your dreams. Be willing to change unhealthy patterns and unhealthy relationships that you might be able to fulfill your dream. You might have to starve an unhealthy relationship. Starve it to death. So that you can fulfill your dream. When you see that someone is and has a negative influence in your life and in your dream, you have to limit access into your life. Don't allow them access into your life. Don't allow them to sit around and you share, you know, the Bible said don't cast your pearl before the swine. You don't give your heart to somebody only for them to break it, only for them to push you down. When people continually speak negative and poison into your life and into your situation, you've got to cut that relationship off. Amen. 
You say, well, pastor, that isn't very godly. Jesus did it. Amen. Jesus didn't hang out with everybody. He ministered to everybody, but he didn't hang out with everybody. Jesus chose whose house he went to and stayed. Amen. Why? Because he was guarding and protecting the dream. He was protecting what Father God had placed in him to fulfill. And so he, he, had, a, he had a this great door of opportunity, but there was also this great opposition. But he understood, if I'm going to do what Father God has placed in me to do, then I cannot hang around with these people that are all the time dragging me down and breaking me down and, and pulling on me all the time. I've got to get away from them and refuel. Where did he go to? He went to people that loved him. He went to people that believed in his dream, believed in his destiny, believed in his purpose. Martha, Mary, huh? Peter, James, and John. He hung out with them. Why? Because he was recharging so that he could go and push on the enemy some more and fulfill the destiny that God had for his life. I never let uh, people that, that are negative Give me advice. I just to saturate him with my absence. I would never receive financial advice from somebody that's gone bankrupt six times. I just wouldn't. And if you would, come up here because we're going to pray for you some discernment. Amen. I'm not going to take advice and let somebody speak into my life about things that they have not been successful in themselves. Amen. I wouldn't receive advice from someone that doesn't believe in me. Because I'd always in the back of my mind be wondering, why did they tell me this? Did they tell me so I could really succeed? Or did they tell me so that I would fail and they could laugh at me? So I'm not going to take advice from people that I don't know whether they really believe in me or not. Amen. I know this isn't what you probably come for, but this is what you're getting. Amen. It'll help somebody. Joseph's brothers sold him for how much? $12.80. Yeah, keep it up. You be stick with me. You'll be wearing generic rubies. I told Renee that twenty some years ago. Joseph was sold for twelve dollars and eighty cents. They said that's all you're worth. But watch this: seventy seventeen years later, Pastor Jamie, seventeen years later. The very one they sold for $12.80 and said, this is what we think of your dream. is second in command, only uh, below Pharaoh. He, he is not only the second in command, but he has food for their hungry soul. He is the way out of their place of famine. Amen. What they said didn't matter 17 years later. Because he was much more valuable to, in their opinion 17 years later than they was when he was sitting on daddy's back porch. Come on. You don't know the power of a person. You don't know the power and the, the ability of someone by looking at them and assuming that they are, they are capable of doing this or capable of doing that. When a person begins to embrace the dream and the vision that God has ordained for their life, it becomes no longer about them. They are only the vehicle. They're the tool. But God and the Holy Spirit resting upon their life. God said, I can do all things 
things through Christ who strengthens me. Praise God. If you see, if you can look at the dream and the vision that is in your heart and you can see yourself doing it by yourself, it's only a nightmare, baby. But whenever you lay in bed at night and say, God, this thing is bigger than me. There's no way I can do it myself. He says, that's exactly right, son, that you got it now, daughter, because it's going to take my Holy Spirit on your life, empowering you to do what you cannot do. Amen. First Corinthians 15 and 33 said, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Amen. Don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. In other words, you can't keep good habits if you keep corrupt company all the time. It's going to rub off on you. Right? Granddad used to say, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it is a duck. Amen? And if you hang out long enough with people and you, they are impressing you more than you're impressing them. Right? That's the reason evil habit, evil, evil company corrupts good habits. You can't hang out every, with everyone and it not affect you. Jesus went and ministered to everyone. I've already said that, but he did not stay with everyone. Paul said you have to lay aside the things that keep you from running. Lay aside the weights. Sometimes the weights are 150 pounds. Sometimes they're 138 pounds. Sometimes they're like me, 200 pounds. (laughs) What you laughing about? I ain't been 200 pounds since kindergarten. <laughs> Sometimes it's people that you got to lay away the lay aside the weight. Sometimes it's habits. I know we don't preach on that no more, do we? Amen. But there's some things in our life that God God says if you would just lay it down. You could run better. Not even necessarily having to be sin. Just things that that if you would lay them down, you could run this race better. Don't hang out with people who threaten your dream all the time. And you can't hang out with folks that are threatened by your dream. Amen. You've got to get around people that will nourish your relationship, nourish your dream. People with the same mindset, the same minded kind of dreams. And so whenever you begin to to walk with God and he begins to put it in your heart, you have to start looking for people that have that same kind of God desire. And hang out with them. The same way that a negative person can rub off on you in a negative way. Right? A positive person can rub off on you in a positive way. So hang out with some faith talkers. Hang out with believers. You've got to have a support team. You've got to have a a life group. You've got to have a healthy relationship. You know, a healthy relationship is a two-way relationship. People that are only consumers and not contributors are suckers and they will suck the life out of you. And I don't care how good of a Christian you are, it will come a time when they will drag you down with them. Amen. I'm just pastoring here tonight. But I just want to tell you that you can't hang around people that are all the time consuming and sucking the life out of you. You've got to get around people that are able to speak back into your life. People, yeah, we're brothers, we're sisters, and when you're down, we're going to strengthen you and encourage you. But you can't be down all the time, baby. 
Amen. You can't be consuming all the time. Sometimes you've got to rise up. You've got to have somebody because you see what's going to happen is this. You're going, whenever you're all the time giving out and nothing ever coming back, you're going to go to the well for yourself one day and find out there ain't nothing left in that well for your own soul. Amen. And so you've got to hang out with people that have a vision like you have, dream like you dream, believe God is for you and not against you and have a two-way relationship where that you are blessing them and they are blessing you. Amen. You need to connect yourself with like-minded dreams because big dreamers run together. And relationships are important. I can't say it strong enough. I value relationships. I value relationships. I'm very careful about who I let in my life because it's more difficult to get them out than it is to let them in. But I value godly kingdom connection relationships. Because what God has put inside of you can never be fulfilled by yourself. Joseph had to have opposition to get him where God was taking him. He had to have a butler and a baker that got amnesia on him. Right? He had to have a Pharaoh, huh, to take him in and fulfill this dream that he had as a little boy. And I want to tell you, my brothers and sisters, tonight that you are going to have to, hear me, it isn't suggestive, it is a mandate. You have to connect yourself with like-minded people. You will never be able to fulfill your dream by yourself. How do I know that? I know that through a lot of hard experiences come to the understanding. There was a time in my life, Jimmy, when I didn't think that it really mattered. I said, God's put this in my heart and I'll get it done. But I've come to an understanding that what God's put in my heart cannot be done by myself. It takes relationships, kingdom connections, Because if I had all the power within myself to do it, then I wouldn't need God or nobody else. But the fact that I am limited, right? That you are limited, but somebody else has in them a piece of the puzzle to fulfill your destiny. And God created us that way. God created us for relationships. Right? That's the reason why Facebook has, what, 4 billion hits every hour, something like crazy thing like that? It's because people wanting to be connected. They're wanting to have relationships. They're wanting, it is within us that we have to have relationships. The only problem is, is people get connected to a lot of stuff they don't need to be connected to. Amen. And that's the reason you've got to be alert and you've got to guard and protect your vision. But you have to have relationships. You have to have, um, if you have a million dollar dream and you're running with people that have a poverty mindset, you'll never be able to fulfill that dream. Amen. If everybody around you is broke, right? And everybody around you has a mindset, we just need to hold on till we die. Right? Thank you, Mike. I thought for a minute I was in a Presbyterian church tonight. Amen. We value 
those relationships. Because those relationships speak in, not only can we speak into their life, they speak into our life. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4 and 9, I've got it wrote on my wall, two are better than one because a good reward is for their labors. In other words, two of us can do more than one of us can do. Amen. And you see, where I am weak, God connects me to another dreamer that is strong in the area of my weakness. And it just so happens that my strength is where their weakness is. Amen. And we work together in the labor field together and we receive a greater reward at the end of the day because we were willing to say it doesn't matter if I get the credit or you get the credit. Let's just get the harvest in. Amen. And when we do that, at the end of the day, the reward for our labors is greater. Joshua had Caleb. David had Jonathan. Jesus had Peter, James, and John. And you see, you have to have these relationships so that you can be able to fulfill what God has for you to fulfill. For a long time in my life, I felt like I was alone. I don't believe for a minute. There's, I know there's certain preachers, they, act, they think like they say, you know, God's called them to win the world or whatever. God ain't called me to win the world. I don't, I don't have that platform, and I don't believe anybody else does. They're fooling themselves, putting way too much pressure on themselves. God's the only one that can win the world. And we got to do it together. But with that being said, there for a long time, I wanted to say that to, to, for you to understand what I'm about to say. For a long time, I felt like I was alone in my vision. Have you ever been in a group of people and still felt like you was by yourself? Felt like you were in, in places and in ministry situations and, and you knew the people that were around you, they all did the same thing you did, but you felt like that that you was a duck at a canary convention. All right, that's the way I felt. I know none of you have ever felt that way. Because I could believe and pray and believe God, and, and Bo, I could see regions being saved. I could see cities being one. I could, I could believe, God, that nations could be saved. And I believe that, and I still believe that. I do. I, I don't believe that this region has to be known for the drug addiction. It doesn't have to be known for this religious spirit. I don't know if it's known for that, but we got a bad religious spirit in this region. Amen. But it don't have to stay here. It can be broken. It can be torn down. Amen. The drug addiction and our generations coming up don't have to be bound. Amen. In this region. But I really believe, I know you've heard me say it the last few weeks, but I really believe that it can be hard to go to hell from this place. Amen. That God's anointing can be so strong and his people come together and we can have such a strong voice in this region to destroy the demonic forces of the enemy and push back darkness and his glory be revealed not only in my life but in generations ahead to the coming of the Lord. Amen. That this kingdom of God will be established and his will will be done in the earth. Amen. For a long time, I didn't know anyone else believed that. But God's bringing people into my life over the last few years that I realized they believe that same thing. They believe, really believe that America don't have to go to hell. They really believe that our cities can be won, our regions can be saved. They really believe that we can push back the darkness and that light is greater than darkness. Amen. Hallelujah. They really believe it, and I believe it tonight. And you need to look for people who believe that. Amen. Whatever you're believing for, if you're, if you're believing your dream is, how many is believing for your families to be saved? How many know that's a big dream? But it can be accomplished. 
And what you need to do is get with somebody else that's believing for their families to be saved. And say, let's dream together what it's going to be like when the family comes together and sits on the pew and we worship God together. Let's dream about your sons and daughters coming to the Lord and what it's going to be like. Amen. And let's dream together. And so when somebody gets down and says, I don't know if it's going to happen, that other one will be there to encourage them and say, hey, we've done prayed too many prayers. We've done believe God. Look how God is working in Johnny's life. We've seen conviction in his heart. Don't you give up now. Keep on dreaming the dream. Keep on believing God. God is going to win and save our families. Amen. If it's for a financial breakthrough in your life, join up with somebody else that, that is believing God for a financial breakthrough in their life. Amen. Why? Because you, when you're down, they can remind you, wait a minute. I know that you haven't had that breakthrough yet, but you remember last month when you got that 50 cent promotion? Do you remember when you just signed that contract? We know it hasn't come in yet, but do you remember? God is moving it. He's moving it. He's bringing it forward. Don't you give up on this. I'm not going to allow you to do it. We're going to keep on believing God. We're going to keep on till God brings a breakthrough in your life, right? Hallelujah. So you've got to get with people that dream, believe the dream that you have inside of you and then serve that dream. That's what Joseph did. You know, uh, Elder Rich talked a little bit about it last week. But what do you do when you're not working on your own dream? You work on somebody else's dream. Amen. And you serving another, working on their dream, God will make sure that your dream comes to pass. And so we've got to work together. That's what Joseph did whenever he was in a place that he was not serving. He was not working on his dream. He was talking to the butler. He was talking to the baker. He was the cupbearer. He was telling them, look, you, you can do this. God, God's bringing it together. And he was speaking into their life, praise God. And I want to tell you that that's what you have to do. You've got to connect yourself with people that believe in your dream that believe in your vision and that you believe in their dream and their vision so that whenever one grows weary, we don't fall in the ditch together, but we strengthen one another. We speak encouragement to one another and we say we're going to keep this dream alive. Amen. How do I know? That God's doing great things. Well, I don't have time to tell you how I know all the ways that I know God's doing great things. But one of the things that I do know is the scripture talks about eagles gathering together. And one of the things that I know is this, that God is bringing people into this house that are great visionaries. That have great vision. Amen? And God would never entrust such visions into one house if it weren't to be a great house. Amen. For years, I preached Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And even if I wanted to have a break, I couldn't have one. Because I didn't have no one else much to help. You know, I know it's not that, you know, as far as uh, having uh, a lot of people, you know, and the ones you did have, they're working hard and they're doing their jobs and all of those things. But we, we have people that God has brought in of great vision. We have Pastor C.T., who has pastored before, obviously, right? 
uh, Brother Bo, it's credential. We have Pastor Jack here that's pastor before. We've got um, uh, Pastor Rich isn't here, but Ellie's here tonight. He's pastor before. We've got all these pastors over here. Jimmy, pastor before. Jamie, pastor before. Eric could pastor if he wanted to. What I'm saying is this. I'm saying God has brought vision together. Amen. He's bringing vision together. And it's not that that we're saying we're the only ones. But I'm saying this house is greater than you understand it is. God is doing something that we haven't seen yet. Amen. I'm telling you. God is doing something we haven't even seen yet. Amen. And I'm going to let you go home in a minute, but one of my greatest joys is this, is seeing vision come together. Seeing vision come together. There's been times in my life whenever my greatest joy is being able to speak into others' lives and see their dream fulfilled. It's a joy to see others raised up, to see others fulfilled. And let me tell you this, and I'm not against denomination as some bashers are and all that. If I, Obviously, if I was, we wouldn't be a part of one. I believe in headship and authority and accountability but also believe that we've missed it because denominations told us if you're not a pastor you ain't nobody used to be if you weren't a pastor or you weren't an evangelist then you was just hoping someday you'd make it and now we don't believe in revival anymore, so if you're an evangelist, you're just a flunky. And the only one that really counts or matters is the pastor. And so when people have felt a call, got this dream inside of them, they feel like they have to pastor for them to be fulfilled. They pushed into that. You've got to pastor. You've got to do that. You've got to be the main one. You've got to push this thing. And, and as consequently, they, they've been pushed into a position that they have not been called into. Amen. But whenever God brings vision together. Now, I'd say, you know, Pastor Eric, he could pastor if he wants to. I say that because he's gifted, he's talented, he's anointed. Uh, you know, he shares. But his heart in ministry is is children to reach that generation. Now, wouldn't it be a great atrocity if some, we tried to push him in to the talk place? He'd kill y'all. He would. In Jesus' name, of course. <laughs> in a loving way. But that's what he's called to do. And it would be again to a place he's not. But why can't he just be in that place God has called him and fulfill his dream where God's planted him? Amen. Pastor Jimmy, it, you know, there can be a time when any may. He may go out and pastor someday. And, and if he does, we'll champion him. We'll push him. We'll cheer him on, right? Amen. But now he's sitting in this house and he is fulfilling the dream and the vision that God has placed in my heart. To see the kingdom of God advanced in this region. Now, I don't know. God may have him here all the, for, you know, till he comes. But if he ever sends, sends him out, amen, we're going to bless him. We're going to speak over his life, amen. And because he was faithful in this house, don't you know God is going to make his dream come to pass? Amen. 
And I'm just using them. I can use, you know, several other people here tonight. But I just want to show you that example. Because as we are faithful to the dream and the vision over the house, God causes our dream and personal vision to come to pass. And so guard that. Don't allow nobody to take it from you. I don't care if you're, you're 8 or you're 80. Don't let nobody take your dream. Because if you don't have nothing that you're dreaming about, you're going to die. Who was that old fella? Smoked that cigar all the time. He said, I can't die because I'm booked till I'm 100. George, George Burns. Yeah, he said, I can't die. He said, I'm booked till I'm 100. And he made it. And then he died. <laughs> Why? Because he didn't have nothing out there reaching toward. Right? Am I helping anybody tonight? Okay, three of you. Praise God. We've got to push toward the dream. Keep that dream alive. Don't grow weary in it. But let God bring it to pass. But connect yourself with like-minded people. Now let me say this, you know, while I'm pastor here. Just because you don't connect with somebody doesn't mean that you have to hate them. Amen? Whenever you get in a group of a body of believers, you, you don't have to have, you know, all you got to have is two people to have division, two ideas of how to do something. If you don't believe that, you ain't never been married. Amen? But whenever we come together, I'll use Bo because he knows I love him. Me and Bo can have a difference of opinion or we may not just, you know, gel together our personalities. And so we don't hang out. We don't go fishing or whatever, eat chicken. But that don't mean I hate him. It just means our vision and the dream that God's put in our heart isn't quite the same. But there's somebody, he and Pastor C.T. can get together. Right? And so it don't mean that we, we're hating on everybody, each other because we're not hanging out or doing whatever. We got to get with people that have a like passion and vision. And say we're going to run with that dream and we're going to love each other. And we're going to lift up the name of Jesus and we're going to fulfill the vision corporately. And God is going to fulfill the vision individually. And we're all going to win in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise tonight. Amen. On Sunday, I can't wait for Sunday.